Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the Steelers front office, is they look to put together a winning roster in 2021 and beyond. And you know what? We're still there. We're 6-6-1, six, six uh, 500 exactly. It's, you know, people thought it was impossible in a 17-game season, and here we are. Uh, here we are with this incredible even even record. And the Steelers have a chance this week to put themselves back into the contention with, the, you know, the Browns are 7-6, and six, the Bengals are 7-6, and six, the Browns are looking a bit like they've got some COVID problems, um, and the Ravens are looking like they've got problems down the stretch as well. So it's, it's a very interesting environment. And, you know, can the Steelers take advantage of this? And I think that's the thing that's been difficult all season is the Steelers can't seem to take advantage um, when they should to get, get ahead in the season, whether it was the Chargers, the Vikings last week. You know, and, and I think when we think about last week's game and, it, you know, over a week ago now and, and you sit there and you think, like, wow, like, Really, you let yourself get down 29 nil. I said to Marky D and touchdown under this week, you know, the 20, they didn't even do anything until 23 nil. Really, they did nothing. Um, and then they started kicking the gear for, in my mind. But look, the title of today's show is kind of an interesting one, actually. And so we'll, let's kick off. It's always good to start at the beginning of things, uh, you know, and where we're situated from that perspective. And so the title of this week's show is, you know, will the Steelers come out roses or jacks? in this Titanic matchup. Yeah. Okay. It was a little bit punny. But what we mean by that is that they're going to come out like Rose, and it's not just smelling like roses, but they're going to come out like Rose in Titanic where she lived to fight another day. Uh, she lived on and lived a happy life. And if you look back at the movie, you know, that they did, the, the blockbuster, you know, and you go back and she's sort of reminiscing as they're going and finding the Titanic, um, you know, in the, in the underwater and, and then poor Jack, with not enough room on one of the many lifeboats or with the life vests, and he sunk into the sunk into the icy abyss, Leonardo DiCaprio. And so I came up with the title just because I was trying to be quite punny. But Bad actually told me, and I did know it was 24 years old, um, you know, the movie this year, because I know I knew it came out in 1997 and also came up in a trivia question we got recently, and I got it correct. Um, I'm a big trivia fan. But Bad actually said to me, did you? A fun fact, the Steelers are going to play the Titans on the 24th anniversary of that movie coming out. So I'm going to take him for his word. I didn't check it, didn't back it up. Trust bad. Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. But that's pretty cool. Um, you think about it, if you like your puns out there or your dad jokes, you know, we get this Titanic matchup on the 24th anniversary of what was one of the highest grossing films of all time. So pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting there. So look, this week's show, we're going to do a couple of different things. Obviously, we we'll always, we'll always look back at the Steelers' rookies' performances from the previous game. So that will be the Vikings. Um, you know, so interesting when we're going to go back and look at that. We'll look forward to the rookies that are going to be suiting up for the Titans this week. You know, are they going to be the Steelers' icebergs and the Steelers' rookies' icebergs? Or, are, you know, are they going to be... Uh, you know, they're going to be the life, they're going to be the life rafts, um, you know, give the Steelers a life raft by not, not playing up to standard. And, you know, and I just to continue the analogy even further, I just, 
I want Steelers fans to be the people in the in you know rowing those lifeboats away, not waving the terrible towels. Um, you know, like the man with the violin as the ship sinking. I think we've all seen that movie. You've all seen that scene as the they play the music as the ship goes down. Um, you know, and for some Steelers fans, you know, Big Ben's the captain that stayed on the ship that does go sinking. Other people, you know, want Big Ben bring. Big Ben back if you can block for him. I think I saw a tweet out there today. I didn't know how reliable it was um, around Joe Green even saying that and, and what have you. So in- interesting perspective uh, there. But look, let's let's get into the last week's rookies, you know, and their and their performance. Um, you know, it uh, just it's a really hard thing to look back on uh, last week. Really hard thing to look back on. It was it was. You know, I didn't even watch the game live. I watched it afterwards. I had a very, very busy Friday because um, the, the game Thursday night's Friday lunchtime. And I said, well, it's a pretty hard game to, game to watch back. Uh, really, really hard game to watch back. I, I just, yeah. I, it, you can tell, like, I'm almost lost for words because you sit there and how do you score those 28 points? You scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. It's like the Chargers. And then you do nothing all game. Like you didn't rock up to play. One of the things I said to Marky D on touchdown under though, was you clearly saw the Steelers lack of talent this season. And also the emphasis they're placing on their rookies. There's a key reason as to why this occurred, because realistically, you know, they were going to really struggle to play two games so closely together. But anyway, let's look at the stats. So Najee Harris, 94 rushing yards from 20 attempts, uh, 23, a long, a long rush, 23 on the day with one touchdown. Um, terrific, you know, from that perspective, from him, he's still doing well as the rookie. Three targets, three receptions, 10 yards, one TD. Um, you know, so again, top performance from Najee there. <clears throat> Pat Freeman, three receptions of two targets. One touchdown, couldn't get that one at the death. Harrison Smith with a massively good hit. You know, he was there. He had almost had the ball. You know, he should have scored. Imagine if he tied that. I mean, Pat Freeman is having a terrific season for the Steelers. I feel like he's the highlight that I get to talk about every week. Really glad we're getting that from a second-round tight end that some people are sort of saying we should have done more. We should have got a, you know, a defensive lineman or what have you. But he's seven touchdowns on the season right now. Um, almost at the 400-yard mark. He catches 75% of the, of the targets, 45 receptions from 60 yards. He's having to do the tough stuff with Big Ben, having to kind of just lob it over as the as the defense comes crashing in on him. And I think, you know, in, in a lot of other offenses, Pat Free moves to be plus 600 yards. And so he's a massive credit to this team. Um, we should be very thankful as Steelers fans that we do have this guy, on, you know, on, on our side of the field. Let's move over to the defense um, now and, and look at what that look what that list looks like. I should say, Louder Milk, uh, two tackles there, one assisted, one solo. Derek uh, Tuska, two two assisted tackles there. Um, you know, we'll get to his snaps in a moment, but that has something to do with it. Um, Najee made a tackle, and you know, and you would have seen that. Buddy Johnson made a tackle, so good to see Buddy Johnson get some time. I'm glad this done the working in with the issues we're having in the inside linebacker room. I'd rather him get time than Marcus Allen. Uh, people know my feelings on him. Trey Norwood, one tackle again, he played a lot less snaps, um, and we'll get to that in a moment. So, that's that's kind of the perspective of, of where it was sitting from there. When you look at um, kicking and punting, six 
punter and pro, big press, that's a fairly decent work, amount of work for, for the punter on the day, 258 yards, um, yards per punt of 43, along of 49. So there are a couple there where I would have hoped you would have got a bit more. But, you know, again, he's a rookie. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, and the fact that the Steelers are expecting a lot from, from their rookies. The next thing I wanted to look at as well, um, you know, was was around the, the snap counts, um, you know, and you saw the Steelers continue with Dan Moore Jr., you know, Kendrick Green there in the offensive line uh, as well. Not John McGlue came in and played 97% of the snaps, but, you know, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore, 100% of the offensive snaps again. Uh, Najee Harris, 96 after doing, I think it was 97 the previous week. On, Deontay Johnson, sorry, had 97, I lie. Um, but Najee Harris, 96%. That's massive for a running back. Shows how crucial he is um, to the overall offense and, and you know, making the defense second guess. Pat Framer, 55 offensive snaps, 74%. I don't necessarily think, Freemuth needs more time on the field, but I do think Big Ben needs to think about going to him a bit more, um, you know, from that perspective. So, you know, that's interesting. On the defensive side, you know, Keller Witherspoon, even though he's not a rookie, had a good – I thought he had one, you know, obviously his best game in a Steelers jersey, but I think he had a really good game. I think that's promising for, through the rest of the season. Um, Derek Tootscar, 74% of the defensive snaps. We know TJ Watt went off early, um, you know, with the groin injury there uh, from that perspective. Isaiah Loudermilk, a quarter of the snaps. Trey Norwood, only 13%. That's a lot less than he's done previously on the season. Buddy Johnson only played six snaps. That's 9%, but he did play 70% of the special teams. Um, Trey Norwood played 40% of special teams as well, so that should definitely be noted, um, you know, from that perspective. So you're still seeing that those rookies contribute there. Cody White made an appearance on the special teams side of the football, um, you know, so... He continues to contribute, but I mean, I don't see him there really next year from that perspective. But that sort of takes care of of the Steelers rookies, um, you know, from that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Look, you come up against the Titans, and, you know, Big Ben's going to be under pressure. I think I, I just obviously you see Najee doing the short runs and what have you, and you'll see them try to use Freemans. But I think they've I think they've got to work Najee into the receiving game in this in, in this one and, and let Deontay. Chase, if as long as he's not being a complete buffoon, um, you know, let let Chase and um, Deontay James Washington really stretch the field or open up, you know, some lanes for him as well um, by just distracting some of the defense. But it'll be interesting to see how they look to work this, um, you know, going into the game. All right, so let's move on to onto the the titan side of things uh you know and so really looking at where they're sitting right now they're first in the afc south at nine and four um i think they've got the colts you know hot on their tail um as well there so you know it's an interesting place they find themselves in their nine and four colts are seven and six so they've just kind of got to hold on and this is kind of a key game if they can get this one over the line um i think they've got a, a fairly decent um schedule coming up you know, so that makes it that makes it a little bit easier from that perspective. But you know, you got to get it done, and going to Pittsburgh is no easy feat. You know, they do play San Francisco 49ers, but then they finish with Miami Dolphins, Houston Texans. So, you know, they got this week, next week to get through, and then they can get a run home and and you know really really lock up, um, you know, the AFC South, but also. You know, they may even be fighting for number one if they can win three of you know three of these four games, you know, compared to Kansas, um, 
New England, uh, and maybe the Chargers might push them. I don't think. I think the Ravens are going downhill now. So looking at uh, Tennessee, let's look at the uh, let's look at the players that you know they've got on the rookie side of the field. So you've got Dylan Radnuntz, um there, the offensive lineman linked to the Steelers out of North Dakota State, protecting you know things for Trey Lance, six foot six, three hundred and one pounds, according to uh, Pro Football Reference. Um, so interesting from him, uh, drafted there in the second round, fifty third overall. Some people thought that was late. Uh, he's played really. He's not played too much this season. Um, and then we've got guys like Tyler Lewan, um at tackle as well. So that explains it. But he's number 75. He's played 10% of the offensive snap season so far and 18% of the special team snaps. So um, interesting sort of contribution from him in that respect. But as I always say, you never know when these tackles are going to crop up. You never know what the depth piece is. He played 10% of the snaps, uh, you know, last in, in week 12. I don't think he's injured for this game, uh, but things do change. COVID's coming in. It's changing things. I know we did it last week. We did it before the, the Vikings. We did a couple of injury pieces and mentioned a few people. And then by the time that went to air, you know, I was off. There were a few injuries. So um, you got to go on to take that as it comes. So that may give him an opportunity, but it also may take away an opportunity. Depends how he's affected. But that's Dylan uh, Radnunz. Then you look at Caleb Farley, uh, you know, he's really struggled this season. I think he's even on IR now, um, you know, but drafted in the first round overall, hasn't played since week six. He came into the draft having a back um, injury as well. So, you know, that that that's not great. Yeah, he's definitely on IR, confirm that. Um they took a they took a punt on him in the twenty with the twenty second pick, you know, with the injury. Otherwise, before that back injury that he did in that drive process, he was you know considered potentially top top ten to twelve pick. Um, you know, so that's costly for him. It's costly for them. Uh, you know, but it's helpful for the Steelers and and you know our offense. Uh, then you've got Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver out of Louisville, uh, 6'2", 210 pounds, fairly quick guy too, uh, you know, combined 4.43 uh, from that perspective. He, again, is, I'm pretty sure he's on IR as well, which is, you know, tough for him, um, you know, at the moment. No, he, actually, he might not be on IR, but he's moved around from the practice squads, but I know he's on the full squad now. Um, so that's helpful for him. He played in week 10, 11, 12, um, you know, so you may see something from him. He's played 22% in week 10 of the snap, 79%, 19% um, in week in week 12 there. He's only had one. He's got one TD on the season. Uh, he's only been targeted eight times. He's caught the ball four times, less than 50 yards. Um, you know, but he, again, as I always say in these games, you know, you don't know what scheme they're going to put up and they only need to make one big play and it can bury the Steelers team who... Yeah, we're starting to score 30 points regularly, but we're chasing leads at that point in time. Um, you know, in games we're ahead, we're not, we're not scoring 30 points. Um, the next guy to look at is Tommy Hudson, tight end out of Arizona State. Uh, played five games in the season so far, weeks two, three, four, 11, and 12. Um, you know, so he's an interesting contributor uh, for them. But, you know, he's on IR now. You know, number 89 for them, he's on IR. You're not going to see him. And, you know, he has contributed, you know, at times, as I just said there earlier on in the season, a couple of targets a game, uh, no TDs in his rookie year. Look for them. You know, he's someone they might develop. But, you know, they've got a lot of guys on IR as we're going to go through with their rookies. So it makes you just think as a Steelers fan how lucky we are 
not to have countless players um, on IR, particularly from the rookie side of things. Um, I know we've got some key players on IR, don't get me wrong, but we don't have, you know, countless players and guys that need game time um, on there. There's guys we'd like to have, but it's different when rookies have the development curve. You got Briley Moore McKinney, who's yet to see the season for them, but he is technically listed on there as a rookie, so I'm going to name him there. Uh, Naquan Jones, uh, Michigan State defensive tackle, six foot four, three hundred and thirty eight pounds, uh, is a tough bloke for them. You know, literally got under ten tackles on the season so far. Uh, has played an interesting amount of snaps in thirty four percent of the defensive snaps, so just over a third of them. Seventeen percent of the special team snaps. Um, you know, as I said, he's a big bopper there at 348 pounds. Uh, the plays, you know, position, he's number 90. He's got one and a half sacks on the season so far. He's um, from the 10 games he's played in and the two games that he started. Um, he played in the 20 nil win over Jacksonville. So you could well see him uh, this week against the Steelers, particularly in trying to stop Najee Harris. So look out for that. He's yet to force fumble. So touch wood he doesn't um and he's only got 10 you know solo tackles on the season so far but he's going to play it in their heaviest sets i would suggest you got monty rice um linebacker again someone that you know had a bit of a bit of uh draft pedigree coming out from georgia third round draft pick 92 overall by the tennessee titans um has played in 10 games this season so far weeks one two three four five Eight, nine, uh, 10, 11, 12. Um, so, you know, he's, he's made a contribution there. But again, uh, on IR now, and, you know, this is the problem with the, when I, I told you about with their guys in IR, they've had guys that have been contributing that had a good rookie draft class, but they just haven't been able to keep them on the field this season. And you think about a guy like Bud Dupree as well, not a rookie ex stealer though, um, who's in that same boat, and, you know, and it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, he's played 27% of defensive snaps in the season so far and 21% of the special team snaps. It's a massive loss for them and it just puts more pressure on a really good defensive line to have to perform. Um, you know, a bit of shame. I was interested to see how, you know, Najee would front up against Monty, Monty Rice um, being at, you know, Alabama um, for, for Najee and, you know, ex-Georgia for Monty Rice. And you got Rashad Weaver. Um, middle name Capone, uh, outside linebacker, six foot four, 259 pounds. He's played in, we played in week two and week three. Again, he's someone that's on IR now, um, runs a 488 as well. So he's fairly decent and quick from, for the outside linebacker, but a bigger outside linebacker. Um, college was Pittsburgh. So familiar to a lot of Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Um, you know, even if you're not a Pitt fan. And so with him, it's just like, it's just disappointing. It would have been great to see him, um, you know, perform. It would have been great to see him play. Uh, but, you know, it also challenges the Titans' depth, and that's a helpful thing for the Steelers, given where they are in this season, both from a record and a standard of play perspective. Now let's move on to our Tory Carter out of LSU. Uh, went undrafted, I think I'm correct in saying. Six foot four, 244 pounds. Sorry, fullback. Cornerback, fullback, uh, six, six uh, foot, two hundred forty-four pounds. They don't usually get drafted the fullbacks, uh, you know. But well, it's interesting because we're going to talk about something after the break on that. Uh, and then uh, we've got um, he's so yeah, he played as, as a fullback um, this season so far. He you know was also listed as a tight end at point. He's 
he's filtered, you know, flipped back and forth from the practice squad. He's played 11% of the offensive snaps this season so far for 64 snaps and 56% of the special team snaps. So, you know, a bit like that sort of TJ Watt sort of role, um, interesting player there. So, you know, that's from that perspective. But with that, we're going to take a break on uh, Steelers War Room. Uh, join me for part two. We're going to look at something a bit different, something that we haven't well, we haven't really done yet before. We might do it again as we get closer to what I'm going to preview. But, um, yeah, join me for part two, and uh, you're going to hear something a little bit different. Steelers War Room. I'm Matt Peverell, your host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2021 and beyond. So what are we going to do this week? Well, I said you guys were going to get a bunch of draft picks and I was going to go through the numbers and what have you. But as you know, I like to listen to a couple of other NFL draft focus and draft focus podcasts um and in different platforms and i've got subscriptions and what have you and there's something big coming up called the Reese's senior bowl um you know reese after the reese's buttercups not so big down under we do have them but they're not that big i love peanut butter but peanut butter and chocolate i don't mind but they're not they're just not that big down here um but the Reese's senior bowl is an interesting one because you know obviously you know it's targeted at more of the senior players but you know the invites about now start to get accepted so i think they've got an almost full if not full roster um you know and it's coached by national football league coaching staffs um you know and they're done they're decided in cooperation um and they're based on the team with the lowest winning percentage that season they usually get the first opportunity to coach the game but only if the majority of their staff and head coach are intact. Well, that ain't going to be Urban Meyer because breaking news a couple of hours ago, my time before I record this live from the future, Urban Meyer's done, done, done. Um, you know, so it ain't going to be Urban Meyer. Maybe I could see it being Robert Salah, which could be interesting because this, because the Jets have, um, you know, two, you know, first round picks and they probably can trade back on the second one if they don't like who's sitting out there um, or even from that first one potentially. So, uh, you know, given that they're not going for a quarterback, so they're going to have a lot of picks in this draft. Uh, so I think it'd be interesting if Robert Saylor um, is going to be the going to be the coach. Um, but who's going to play in the Reese's Senior Bowl? Um, and, you know, that really is, this you know that's the top senior collegiate football players and NFL prospects uh you know they're representing the national and you know American um you know colleges and it can only be seniors and fourth year graduates who are eligible for the game and fourth year junior graduates must have graduated by December prior to the game to be eligible. You guys don't really care about the eligibility part, but you care about who's playing. And so I thought I'd just throw out a couple of names there that are worth watching as this builds out, as, you know, we get closer to the game, um, you know, in Mobile. Pardon me. Uh, you know, because this it's it's kind of a funny one with the way that the game works and you get all these articles that come out of it um, and what have you and you get all these different takes on it. But it's interesting to see how players, you know, 
that accept the invites and then whether they're playing bowl games or not um, outside of the senior bowl. So it is Saturday, Saturday, February 5, but there's some interesting names you might want to get across now as you go through it. So the first thing that I do is set, like go through a couple of interesting things about the amount of people um, that different colleges have. So interesting, Alabama only has two and a lot of people declare early, you know, when you play for Alabama. Uh, you know, Baylor had three and we you know Baylor's rocketed up the rankings this season. Cincinnati had six players. The Cincinnati Bearcats, you know, invited Kobe, except Kobe Bryant, um, the defensive back, Brian Cook, defensive back, um, Majai Sanders, defensive lineman, Darian Beavers, linebacker, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback. A lot of people are keen on him becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, you know, so people will be watching this game with intent because, and, uh, also, Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce, sorry, the wide receiver. But it's interesting because there are a lot of quarterbacks that have showed up at the Reese's Senior Bowl and then ended up doing really well um, and boosted their draft stock. Um, Coastal Carolinas, I've uh, got someone in there in Isaiah Likely, um, tight end. And, and I, I heard an interview with uh, Jim Nagy, um, not Jim Nagy, yeah, yeah, Jim Nagy, um, the Reese Senior Bowl coach and, and, he, and selector, and he was sort of saying that there's a really good tight end class this year. Sometimes they struggle to do it and they have to draft in or bring in fullbacks to be tight ends. But this year there was like eight or nine guys minimum that he was keen to get in. Um, the other thing to keynote is only uh, to keep note of, there's only three Florida Gators players. I thought there might be a couple more. There's heaps of Georgia guys. Darian Kendrick, defensive back. Devontae Wyatt, defensive line. Uh, Quay Walker, linebacker. Channing Tindall, linebacker. Jamari Slayler, O-lineman. Uh, Justin Schaefer, O-lineman. Jake Jake Kamada, uh, I think it's punter. Um, James Cook, running back. Uh, Iowa State had three players in there, which I think you expected in Charlie Kohler, the tight end particularly. Um, you know, Mike Rose, the linebacker. Kentucky, three players. Yusuf Corker, defensive back. Josh Pascal, defensive line. Darian Kinnard, offensive line. Yusuf Corker and, and Darian Kinnard are guys to definitely watch. I think Kinnard could be someone that could be helpful for the Steelers as a right tackle. Um, although I don't mind seeing what he could do with the left tackle as well, but I think Dan Moore deserves a chance to continue to own that spot and the Steelers should be bumping up um, in free agency and signing some experience there as well. But Yusuf Corker um, is an interesting player to watch in this because I've seen criticisms of his speed before. Um, so that could be quite interesting. LSU, only two players, Ed Ingram offensive line, Damon Clark, uh, you know, uh, Damon Clark, the linebacker, linebacker there, um, and Ed Ingram, the O-lineman. So interesting from that perspective. I were only one uh, player. Michigan State, uh, sorry, Michigan, two players in Andrew Stuber, the offensive lineman, and Hassan Haskins. Uh, so there you go, Jeffrey Benedict and Andrew Woolbar, our resident Michigan fans. Then you've got Michigan State's Connor Haywood, fullback. Cam Haywood's younger brother. Um, he's playing the Reese's Senior Bowl. So even if you're not that interested in the draft process, hey, go watch. Go watch Connor Haywood, um, you know, Cameron Haywood's younger brother and see what he can do in this game. Uh, can he, you know, we're just stumbling. We're just uh, not stumbling, but I was talking about the guy, Tory, um, you know, the the fullback for the Tennessee Titans and what his contribution have been. Can Connor Haywood get drafted? That would be a massive opportunity for a fullback. Um, you kind of almost can see it, Steelers, um, in the seventh round, trading around or, or what have you, who knows? Um, Minnesota's got three players in this game as well. Daniel Faaleli, 
um, the big bloke. Um, I think he's like 300, I think he's almost 400 pounds. It's crazy. Um, you know, so from that perspective, Nevada, you've got Cole Turner, tight end, uh, and Romeo Dubes, the wide receiver. He's a guy to watch, Romeo Dubes, um, I think wide receiver. Definitely someone to watch and see whether he can show some things. I wonder about his speed sometimes. So he could be interesting uh, to watch in this game against some, you know, some faster uh, cornerbacks and also some other wide receivers who are pretty quick. Um, Jeremiah Gemmels, the only linebacker, is sorry, the only player from North Carolina to accept, and he plays the linebacker. Ohio State's got three guys: Haskell Garrett, defensive line; Tyreek Smith, defensive line; Jeremy Rocket, tight end. I think Tyreek Smith's taking a hit to his draft stock. Um, in some respects, the last season. So the mission to see what he can do in this game. Can he boost that? Uh, Jeremy Rocket, someone I want to see perform. If we hadn't have got Freeman last year, he was on my list, along with another guy from Wisconsin, Ferguson, who, will, who I think is accepted, but we'll get to him. Um, but interesting from that perspective, uh, three guys accepting there. Four guys from Oklahoma, Perry and Winfrey defensive line, Jeremiah Hall fullback, Brian Asmoa, the second linebacker, Marcus Hayes, the offensive lineman. Penn State have a ton of guys. Uh, they got Tarek Castro-Fields, defensive back. Jaquan Brisker, defensive back. Um, you should see what he can do. Arnold Evichetti, um, defensive line. Jesse, I've just, I know I've stuffed that name up. Uh, Jesse Lakuta, uh, linebacker. Jordan Stout, um, punter. And Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver. Pittsburgh have got three guys. Carl Adam. Adamides, uh, the long snapper, Damari Mathis, defensive back. You got Kenny Pickett, the cornerback. Everyone's on him. Can Kenny compete? Uh, you're going to have him and Desmond Ritter there. Ooh, and you've got also the, uh, the double glove from him. Then moving down, you got SMU. Reggie Robeson Jr. is a wide receiver. I actually, I, I quite like him. Um, he's not the absolute fastest guy out there, but he can catch. And I feel like he can route re- sorry, run really you know, I ran ahead of myself there, but he can run really good routes. So interested to see um, what he can do in this game. South Alabama, you've got Jalen Tolbert. He's another wide receiver to watch. He's our only representative um, from that from that perspective. Tennessee have two players, wide receiver Velas Jones Jr. and Alante Taylor. Uh, Texas have Josh Thompson in there. I think they might have another few guys that have been offered um, as well, but I'm interested to see what they can do. Um, and sorry, what he can do at the defensive back position. They had a really difficult season. So, uh, you know, you used to see, as I say, him mark up against some top wide receivers in a, in a better defensive scheme, potentially. The other game I've got to look out for is Leon O'Neill Jr., defensive back from Texas A&M. I know he had a bit of a better year um, this year from some of the stuff that I was looking at. Devin Lloyd, Utah. We talked about him a few weeks back when I did inside linebackers. One to watch. Definitely watch him. He could be the top-rated um, linebacker in this draft. Whether he's a first, I don't know, but I definitely think you know, you're going to see him draft in second. Uh, you know, there's a Trey Turner from Virginia Tech, a wide receiver. So if you interested in seeing how different people with the same names that different players do, then that's an interesting one. Abraham Lucas from Washington State, the offensive lineman, he's one to watch. Wisconsin's Jake Ferguson, as I was talking about earlier, tight end. He's another one that's interesting to watch uh, from that perspective in terms of, you know, tight ends were well represented in this year's senior bowl. And, you know, he comes from what has always been a good college, but, you know, didn't have the best year this year, um, as people know. Uh, but I think Jake's an interesting one. Can he, can he show enough in both the receiving and the blocking game uh, to keep people excited about him? 
But look, that's going to wrap up the Reese's Senior Bowl side of things. I, as I said, I just wanted to say, going back to the title, this, it's really key this week uh, that the Steelers rookies help this team come up like roses, help them live to fight another day with their playoff season hopes. Don't go down with the ship um, like the captain. Don't let Big Ben go down with the ship this season and miss the playoffs in what could be his final year in the NFL and, and with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Steelers fans, we want to be there rowing the boats to uh, the victory, those lifeboats. We don't want to be waving the flag, the, flag, um, the terrible towel, uh, like a flag, you know, at, like the, like the man playing his violin as the ship sinks. We really, really want the Steelers to be those roses and not be jacks and watching the season and all its prospects float into the icy cold waters and just drown away. Also, it looks like it's going to be pretty cold in Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, enjoy that one for those of you that can go live. With that, that wraps up this week's Steelers Warren. I'm Matt Peverell. Go Steelers. Go Steelers.